one tip in general, ask for help, right? Get help, friend, partner, neighbor, mom, you know, just ask for help with this stuff. It can be really fun to get in the kitchen with someone. And I think that people like making food for other people if they have the time and resources to do it. So You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesl Teen. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth-related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. Happy Monday, you guys. This week, I have a cute little episode for you about meal prepping and postpartum. Yeah, we're going to be talking about this stuff. I am excited because I actually personally use this program. This guest who I have on, Talia, is the founder of a program called Workweek Lunch. It is a blog and it's also a digital meal plan subscription. And she helps thousands of people all over the world master meal prep. It is amazing. I was so excited when I found it because I've always been into meal prepping and just, you know, making my week a little bit easier, especially now that I work full time and I have to think about what I eat for lunch and not, you know, I have a certain amount of time for lunch and just everything. I've never been able to, this is not sad, but this is the reality. Because I have ADHD, I'm realizing like this is because of my ADHD. I suck at meal planning for the week and just thinking about what I'm going to be eating for lunch or thinking about what is going to be happening for dinner and what I need to buy from the grocery store. Like I've just never been good at grocery shopping, never been good at planning anything. I just go to the grocery store and buy, you know, kind of what I think I need and oh yeah, I needed this. I'm just, I'm horrible at it. And honestly, no lie, when I joined this program and I started meal prepping, It got me to understand that I have to look at my whole week and actually plan out these meals and what ingredients I need. So if you're like me and you have that problem, like, oh my God, you're going to love this episode. (laughs) So anyways, like I said, I had Talia on today for this week's episode. She is the founder of Workweek Lunch. She is also the author of the Workweek Lunch Cookbook, which includes 60 approachable and delicious recipes that are designed to be prepped and stored. Talia is a self-taught home cook, which I appreciate because, I don't know, I feel like you can relate to people like that. (laughs) Not to say if anybody's listening went to formal, I guess there's cooking school, right? You go to cooking school. I sound horrible right now. (laughs) I didn't know this. Anyways, I feel like you can relate to somebody who is self-taught. I self-taught myself a lot. So I just like the fact that she's a self-taught home cook, okay? <laughs> and she started her program, Workweek Lunch, in 2016. So she's been out there for a little while to help teach her peers how to cook easy, balanced meals to save time and money through her Instagram, which now has grown to almost 500,000 followers at the time of this recording. Yeah, crazy. So today we talked about the benefits of meal prepping for pregnancy and postpartum because there's a lot of benefits and how to get started because it can 
be very overwhelming. I remember when I first got started, it was just, it's very, very, very overwhelming because there's just a lot of moving pieces. We talked about some tips for meal prepping in that last month of your pregnancy to make your life easier once baby comes. And then we talked about some tools, you know, that you might need on hand to make it a little bit easier and just, you know, some things that you might have not thought that you needed that you might need. Packing your hospital bag is one of those pregnancy must-use on every pregnant woman's mind, but the thing is, it can be tricky to know what to pack. Truthfully, as a first-time mom, I was such a slacker when it came to packing my hospital bag for labor. I was lucky I didn't go into labor a few weeks early because I would have not been prepared for anything. (laughs) But since then, I've come a long way and put my labor and delivery knowledge to good use to develop the ultimate hospital bag checklist just for you. This free printable checklist is organized for mom, partners, and baby, and includes only the stuff that you actually need. To grab it today, head over to mommylabornurse.com slash hospital bag. Your completely free list is waiting for you at mommylabornurse.com slash hospital bag. Hi, Talia. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thanks so much for being here today with me. Thank you, Liesl, for having me. I'm so excited to get into it. Yeah. Can you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, your family, where you're from, if you have any pets, what you ate for breakfast? I don't care. Anything more share? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll jump in and say I am not a mother to a child. I have a pet, Coconut. She's sitting right next to me. She's a little dog. Aww. She's like an 11-pound terrier mutt, and she is the best. I love her so much. No, I'm in Seattle, and I have a company called Work Week Lunch, and I started the company to help people conquer their food stress and just make food not stressful, have it be a seamless part of their lives. And this is something that we need in all stages of life. And we have a subscription and a cookbook and an Instagram. Yeah, you got it all. No, I love what you guys are doing. And I love that. I feel like we're similar in that, like your face is on it a whole lot. And you're just, I can tell you're really, really passionate (laughs) about what's going on and just meal prepping and everything that goes along with it. Yeah. I really want to help people, you know, get it done, beat the overwhelm. And also we'll mention, we are the only meal prep page that aligns with intuitive eating. So we don't talk about weight loss or like shrinking women's bodies in the name of quote unquote health, which I don't believe is a thing. So yeah, we just focus on basically getting vegetables on your plate and moving on with your life. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. Yeah. I went through a whole intuitive eating journey last year. I joined a group coaching program, so I'm very familiar with intuitive eating and it totally changed my life. And that was one of the things that really attracted me to you guys because all these meal prep stuff, and I mean, I don't want to name names, but like all these other programs out there, it's so like weight focused and portion focused and that, you know, and so I just, yeah, I love what you guys are doing. Thank you. And that's awesome that you had that journey. So I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a long time coming. Like once I started the group coaching, I was like, oh my God, why didn't I do this like 10 years ago? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, well, Talia, today we are going to be talking about, I know you said you don't have kids, but I feel like meal prepping is something that we think about a lot during pregnancy to prepare for when that baby comes because eating and prepping meals is usually the last thing that you're thinking about doing after you have a baby. So first let's talk about maybe some benefits of starting meal prepping during pregnancy, like while you're still pregnant and getting that process started. And then maybe what some of the benefits can be during postpartum. 
Absolutely. So like I said, I've not gone through this process, but a lot of my customers and community members have. It comes up a lot. And I'll say one of the main reasons people end up leaving the subscription is because they become pregnant and are not able to meal prep because of the first trimester cravings and like other curveballs that you get with your diet throughout pregnancy. So I'll say like, I think my first tip is to lower your expectations, to take it as it comes, like enjoy the ride. And if you want to meal prep, but feel yourself not being able to get into it, allow that to happen. You know, that is okay. Take the pressure off. So I think that's kind of the first thing I would say about meal prepping during pregnancy for food that you want to eat while you're pregnant. Probably I wrote down a couple of tips and I think that cravings, we all have them, right? Everyone has cravings, so they can be hard to navigate, but you can meal prep based on your cravings. If you feel brave enough, if you feel confident enough that you'll still be craving them (laughs) the next week or whatever. That's true. Like you can meal prep mac and cheese. You can meal prep pizza. I do it all the time, actually. You know, things you can meal prep what you're craving. Also, you can do the bare minimum. One idea would be buffet meal prep. So that the concept of buffet meal prep is just cooking ahead of time a couple elements like rice, your favorite proteins, things that you can rely on that maybe you'll always kind of want or things you know that you feel good when you eat them. And if you can't eat them and they're there, great, you're making it easy for yourself. So if you're feeling a burst of energy and you want to just cook a batch of your favorite grains, proteins, vegetables, keep them in the fridge, assemble meals as you need them or not. And if they go into the compost or trash or freezer, don't worry about it. Yeah, Be kind to yourself, you know? So I think buffet meal prep, if you know you can eat the food that you're cooking in ahead of time in your pregnancy, you feel like that's something you're able to do, then that would be the best bet, I think. Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. And I love that you touched on cravings too, because sometimes all you can get down, especially in that first trimester, is something that you're craving. And sometimes that doesn't even work, (laughs) you know? But yeah, no, I love that. Okay. So what are some really great benefits? Because I feel like I already know, but what are some really great benefits that meal prepping gives you after you have a baby? I mean, God, I could talk, I mean, I could talk about the benefits in general forever. I think that honestly, sanity, one less thing to think about when you were in that journey. Oh my God. You know, like just not having to think about it, knowing, feeling that sense of security with yourself that, you know, past pregnant, you took care of new mom, you, <laughs> you know, you're high-fiving your past pregnant self. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, I'm well, sure it and, saves like a ton of time too. Yes. Yeah. It saves the time. So like I can, again, I'm just kind of like talking about what I assume people are going through, but it's like, if you need to nap and you have to choose between napping, cooking, showering, all that stuff, you don't have to cook because you've already done it, you know, stuff like that. So it eliminates that thing. So I think that's the biggest thing. And then also it is self-care. So having the food that you know will make you feel energized around is going to really help you. And this goes for going through any transition, like a new job, or if you're going through depression or just any transition moving, right? Just knowing you can rely on the go-tos is so great. Yeah, totally. And sometimes I was just going to say, when you started in pregnancy and start to learn like, okay, these are the foods that I like and I can rely on starting to like make a list. Okay. In postpartum, I know I can make, you know, burritos or whatever (laughs) and put them in the freezer because I ate a ton of them during my pregnancy. So just kind of having that like running list and knowing that what I have in my freezer, what I have in my fridge right now, I actually do like, it's not some, I mean, Hey, I'll take a meal from somebody, right? Like I'll take a meal from whoever, like great, but also there's value in having stuff that 
like you said, brings you comfort because you know, you like it. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's kind of a question for you, but I mean, in this process of going through pregnancy and becoming like just having a kid, can you rely on your previous diet, like what you liked before pregnancy to, to advise these decisions? Or do you think that like your cravings and just all everything changes so much that you can't, you have to start from scratch? You know what? I'll say to that, I would rely more on your pre-pregnancy self, but I would say it doesn't change that much. I mean, I'm sure there are extreme cases, right? And there are some people who like really, really like, I actually didn't, I was like really turned off by like Mexican food during my pregnancy, but I knew that I really liked it. So I'm like, okay, I know I'll be able to eat Mexican food again. I don't know what it was. It was like something with beans and texture. I don't know. But the texture of beans is already, I can imagine. I maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It just, for some reason I was like Mexican food, bleh. but I knew that, I mean, Hey, like I like Mexican food before I got pregnant. So this is something I could definitely have. Yeah. So open that when you're thinking of ideas to make for postpartum, like open it up to like, what did I used to like before I had these wild cravings? You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I- for sure. Well, let's talk about getting started because I know when I started in my meal prep life, it's very overwhelming to even think about, oh my gosh, I have to like make all this food and how do I store it? And like, what do I even do? And bleh, your mind can spiral. Isn't it funny how we just like, we have this drive to throw ourselves into different projects and just like get, do it the best, like right away and just like yeah. zero to 60. It's, and that's not the case. Like I recommend starting slow, starting small. I personally would suggest doing prepping one meal in one session and just checking it in your freezer and kind of going slow, like building your postpartum freezer stash, maybe once every two weeks, you're just making something else, adding it to your freezer until your freezer is just so full you know, <laughs> or something like that. So I think that's the approach I would take if you don't have any containers at all. If you have like no, like you've never meal prepped before, think meals you would make for like family style, think casseroles and like kind of the comfort food you would make around the holidays. Even those are the things that prep the best soups are extremely reliable mostly not cream-based if you're going in the freezer, but like tortilla soup is my go-to. I know we're gonna talk more about that, but you know, things that like soups like that, you can always bet on for meal prep. So that would be a good place to start too, just to get the hang of it. Like it doesn't even take that long. You could do a soup in like 30 minutes. It's one pot. The chopping is probably the longest part. And then the other tip I would say also just in the beginning, rely on pre-made ingredients. There's nothing wrong with using rotisserie chicken, pre-made sauces, canned stuff, frozen vegetables, save yourself the like work you know work smarter not harder you don't have to chop up a bunch of fresh vegetables frozen is totally fine and great yeah no you're totally right i love in your program too you say like a lot of alternatives like hey if you if you don't feel like making your homemade salsa like it's okay like get this instead you know <laughs> yeah exactly yeah well i know yeah when i first started i found you guys so my tip is to look at workweek lunches because that is a perfect resource if you feel overwhelmed, because I feel like you guys did a really good job. You guys do a really good job for new members saying, hey, this is what you need to do to get started. All right, the sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. All right, this one says, Hi, Liesl. I just wanted to send you a thank you for what you do here. I gave birth September of 2020 to my sweet boy, and I purchased the epidural course, and it helped so much. My birthing experience was not 100% what I imagined, but I was able to confidently give birth without the epidural since it didn't work for me, and I am so proud of that moment. 
I also just accepted my first labor and delivery position all, and I'm so excited to start and be an advocate for laboring women and help others through one of the most important moments of their lives. Oh, that's so great. I love that. I went through nursing school in 2019 and I remember using your Instagram Play-Doh and Barbie pictures to help me study for my exams. That's awesome. (laughs) I've actually had some people reach out from institutions and say, hey, like, can we use your graphics? Like, yeah, of course, (laughs) if they can help. I even showed my instructor and she was impressed. She was so impressed. LOL. Maybe she was the one who reached out to me. (laughs) I know I'm rambling, but I just want you to know how much your work has made an impact in my life, both personally and professionally. You are amazing. That is all. Oh, I love that. That is just such a, you guys see, I've said this before on the podcast, but I don't read these until I read them to you guys in Birth Without Babies. And I just like, I love y'all. Do you already know you want an epidural? Make it an informed epidural birth with Birth It Up, the epidural series, an online birth class for mamas that are planning an epidural birth. I think I just said epidural about five times in that sentence. As you've probably noticed, most online birth classes are either geared for mamas that want to go natural or they're super generic. What gives? Seriously. (laughs) We know that childbirth education leads to a more positive birth experience, so a birth class that suits your specific needs only makes sense. Get educated about the entire birth process from your first contraction through your hospital stay after birth. Learn how to manage the pain of labor before your epidural is placed. Discover the benefits, potential side effects, and what to expect from your epidural placement and and erase every ounce of unknown and fear surrounding your birth. Birth It Up, the epidural series will leave you feeling confident and in control for the big day. Learn more at mommylabornurse.com slash epidural birth. That's mommylabornurse.com slash epidural birth. All right, let's get right back into this week's episode. Yes, we, well, we want to, it's like there's so many pieces. There's like containers, storage, cooking, planning, making sure you eat it, making sure it tastes good. I mean, there's a lot of skills that have to come together to make it work. And that's why I always say like, be compassionate, low expectations, have fun. You know, it's okay if it's to come out perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Taste your food while you make it so that you know it's good before you freeze it. <laughs> yes, totally, totally. I know I'm not an outstanding cook, but that is something that I learned recently is like tasting your food is actually really important because I've always been a baker. So you don't really taste your food when you bake it. <laughs> so I had to really learn how to do that. It's a skill. It's interesting. I've taken a lot of cooking classes, like international ones. In some cultures, it's actually like they don't taste anything, but they're just so confident (laughs) that it's good. It's good. But I think most of us, let's taste, adjust, add more salt. That usually helps. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Makes sense. Well, let's talk about some tips maybe in that last month of pregnancy when you're getting bigger and baby's getting here soon. I want to hear maybe some tips for those moms and what are just some of your go-to faves. I know you, we talked a little bit about soup. I'm also yes. a big soup well, fan. One tip in general, ask for help, right? Yeah, yeah. Get help. 
friend, partner, neighbor, mom, you know, just ask for help with this stuff. It can be really fun to get in the kitchen with someone. And I think that people like making food for other people if they have the time and resources to do it. So that's one tip. But yeah, in terms of like actual food, I personally always keep bolognese in the freezer, (laughs) like making a fresh batch of pasta, like literally boiling water, getting pasta going and then having your frozen bolognese is so comforting to me I love it and you can do a veggie version with beyond meat you can do mushrooms instead of ground meat like there's a lot of ways to adjust it to your preferences and chicken soup is a big one for me coconut curry soup butter squash soup and then also burritos we mentioned burritos earlier uh, frozen burritos work really well especially you have if you have an air fryer to reheat them they'll get nice and crispy egg burritos work or or like shredded chicken rice all that like just what honestly anything that's rice is going to work. Don't do a lot of salsa or guacamole because that will make it really soggy when you reheat it. But cheese, you know, just like hearty ingredients will do. And then I personally am a huge breakfast person. So I do waffles a lot. (laughs) So you pop them in the toaster and you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, good tips. And I'm sure, well, here, I'll ask you, are you the kind of person that eats, does breakfast for dinner? every so often or do you not do that yeah okay okay that's the thing right I'm like I'm like okay yeah everybody does that every once in a while right I mean I usually make that fresh I'll do like a burrito for dinner but yes definitely and I would say like if you're not really big on the soups anything like baked cd or pasta like think anything with tomato sauce and some pasta and obviously other stuff is going to work really well in the freezer yeah that makes a lot of sense I know I what was I going to say oh yeah I love the bolognese because it's like anything like that, like any sort of topping like that with a little bit of meat, and then you just make your grain. And it's so much easier to just take a little portion out of the freezer and put it onto your fresh, you know, pasta, because sometimes pasta is, you know, like, I mean, I'm not super picky, like I'll eat any sort of pasta at any time. But (laughs) I know some people like their fresh pasta. So yeah, maybe thinking about not prepping an entire meal, but like prepping the hard part of it. And then when you have, you know, when you're eating, it's like you're only making the grain or you're only putting the fresh ingredients on. So yeah, Yeah. I was going to say- if I can plug, I was going to plug just one product tool to make it easier. This is also female business owner, mother, super cubes is so great for freezing stuff. I highly recommend starting with the one cup tray. So basically what it does, it's like a big ice cube tray and you put portions of frozen ingredients or meals even, and then you just pop them out and it's like a cube of a frozen whatever and you can store them in Ziploc bags or containers or in the tray themselves and it just makes it so much there's like no freezer burn and obviously anything will get freezer burn eventually tip for your listeners everything is safe to eat even with freezer burn it doesn't make it unsafe it just the texture will be weird unless your freezer dies then it's probably not safe anymore but you're safe within three months. So whatever you're prepping for postpartum, think like three months that ideally you'll eat through it. But yeah, super cubes is great. Yeah, super cubes. Well, we'll link that in the show notes page for people who want to check that out. That sounds amazing. I was going to comment on the burrito content that we were talking about earlier too, because like burritos is also great for postpartum moms. I know I ate a ton of them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You can put anything in there. And there are dessert burritos, like you can put chocolate and bananas, Nutella, anything in there, right? And it's really great because you can eat it with one hand, especially if you're breastfeeding, you got to breastfeed and then you can eat 
your burrito with one hand. So I'm a big burrito fan. Ooh, now I want to think about more one-handed food ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. I know. I yeah. know for me, I like to drive and eat. I'm like a road tripper. So like, what can I eat while I'm driving? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Burritos, hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, sure. you mentioned tools, the super cubes. So let's talk about some more tools that you'll need and maybe some tools to kind of make this process a little bit easier. Yeah. I mean, if you are going to do your big like batch cooking, you need bigger pots and pans. So I think just making sure that you do have a large pot, a large, you know, saucepan with like high edges. I have this big 5.5 quart saucepan from Cuisinart that I love. I use it for like online meal preps and you can put it in the oven too, which is great. And then yeah, containers are important. I think if you are brand new to meal prep, I do recommend plastic containers because you don't know necessarily what your ideal portion size for you is. And you can test out the cheap plastic ones and use them you know, for other household items when they get too scratched up to use. But like, don't just go for the glass ones if you don't know what size you like. So yeah, just get the plastic ones, use them for a couple months and then get the glass ones. The glass ones make you feel fancier when you're eating a meal. Like you feel a little better eating that leftover food in a glass container. So I do recommend getting to that point if you think meal prep is like a tool you want to keep using. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And now I'm questioning my containers because I feel like I always put too much in there and I have like leftover and I'm like, oh, because I still use the plastic ones. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I need to assess my size. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different options out there on Amazon. So I don't have any brands because all the Amazon brands are so random. They're yeah. like random, who knows where they're oh, yeah. made. Or, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, so I'm not sure. But I mean, Pyrex is great. But yeah, in terms of that, other tools, I'm minimalist. I mean, I know people love things that make chopping easier. I'm sure that will be really helpful. Like you can get one of those choppers so that you don't have to stand there chopping forever. Between you and me, I think improving your chopping skills might make it faster for you. That's Just right. saying. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Or getting like a good knife, you know? Yeah, a good knife. But again, I understand like shortcuts are really helpful in this stage of life. So whatever you got to do, any gadgets that help you make cooking easier for yourself will be ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, any final tips for our listeners about Yes, absolutely. So I really hope the listeners be kind to themselves in this process. You got to be kind to yourself and your meal preps won't work out. This is cooking. We can't control everything. Sometimes you're going to make something that totally sucks and it's okay you will learn from your mistakes and make it again it's worth it and you know think of this as self-care you're not restricting yourself you're not you know forcing yourself to eat anything it's okay if you're not in the mood for it it's okay if you finish it and you're still hungry all of it's okay so just level with yourself yeah yeah no I love it well well I know you talked about where people can find you in the beginning but can you remind our listeners where they can find you on social media your website your program that's super amazing yeah thank you I'm so glad that you joined that's just amazing um yeah work week lunch that's all one word everywhere on Instagram TikTok and Facebook workweeklunch.com is our website. You can find lots of free recipes and free resources and the program, the Workweek Lunch Meal Pro program will always be there if you want to try it out. We have a free trial. I think we also have a code for your audience. It's let's cook, all caps, one word. If you feel like joining, you'll get a little discount. So yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, we'll leave all those links in the show notes page in that code as well. Talia, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. This is a blast.
All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.